0: Thanks for joining us once again on Cranford Radio. My name is Bernie Wagonblast. Well, January for a lot of folks is a time of resolutions. The resolutions might be losing weight, exercising more, quitting smoking. But one resolution a lot of us make is getting better organized. And today's guest is Trish Johnson. She is the owner of This Organized Chaos. She's a Cranford resident. Trish, welcome to Cranford Radio. Hi, Bernie. Thank you. Well, let me start off by finding out a little bit about you and your business. Tell me what is This Organized Chaos? What kind of work do you do?
1: This Organized Chaos is a professional organizing company. We go into people's homes and businesses and we help them organize their chaos. It can be spaces from closets to pantries to garages. Kids spaces, we see a lot with playrooms and things like that, especially um, around the holidays and then this time of year with people wanting to get their playrooms in order. Um, and then I think you also mentioned resolutions for January. So closets have been a big thing, especially in January, people wanting to get their closets organized.
0: Have you always been organized going back to when you were a little girl? Was your your room organized well or did uh, that's something that came along a little bit later in life?
1: Yeah, yeah, I was always organized. We actually moved about roughly every two years when I was growing up from the time I was six until the time I was about 17. So I think the packing and unpacking, I'm also the oldest child. So I just think like innately being organized has always been part of my personality. And then I was a teacher for 10 years. So just keeping my students organized and keeping my classroom organized. So yeah, organization has always just come naturally to me, I think
0: what are some general organizing tips that you can offer to people who maybe want to get themselves a little more organized in 2024?
1: Sure. I think the biggest thing is less is more. And I'm not talking about minimalism or throwing out everything you own, but more being intentional about what you're bringing into your home and what you're bringing into your space. The one-in-one-out rule is always a good one to live by. Really, the less you have, the easier it is to stay organized. The amount of things that fit into a specific space, whether it's a drawer or a shelf or a cabinet um, or your closet, if things are not shoved and jammed in there, it's so much easier to see what you have and then for everyone in your home to know this is where specific things go. And so everything in your home has a home. I think that's the biggest key for organization.
0: It seems like a lot of people are intimidated by where to start you know they look at the rooms in their house or their apartment and just say i don't even know where to begin what would you say to somebody about where's a good place to start
1: yeah the overwhelm is real that that is a real thing um you know even i find some of my assistants when we walk into certain spaces they look at me like where do we start if you're in your home start with a drawer start with one drawer in your kitchen take everything out this is our process too we take every single thing out you have to start that way you take everything out you look at everything put it in categories and then rehome things that don't belong in that space because inevitably you have things in that messy drawer that don't belong there take the things out that don't belong there put them where they belong if they don't have a home you get to then figure that out then you can start fresh and you can put the things back in the drawer that actually belong there get rid of things that you don't need things that are broken things that you're not using that's really the easiest way to do it and we always take every single thing out so it always looks worse before it looks better that being said you need to carve out the appropriate amount of time so if you're doing a drawer in your kitchen give yourself 20 minutes that's a quick one that's a really easy place to start if you're going to try to tackle your whole closet by yourself that's a full weekend I would say People will take everything out and then just get frustrated and like, oh, my God, why did I even start this? (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, that kind of that kind of feeds the cycle of, well, I'm feeling overwhelmed and I took everything out and I was feeling really good about it. But now I'm really overwhelmed again because I can't do this by myself. And then that's really where we come in is that we can do it very quickly for you.
0: Tell me a little bit about the process. I give you a call and I say, Trish, I need your help. I need to organize stuff. What happens after that point?
1: Yep. So everything starts with a phone call. I chat with prospective clients, get a feel for um, the space that they're looking to organize. I ask a ton of questions about who uses the space, how the space is used, what is in the space. People tend to be embarrassed and, you know, they come to me kind of like, oh, well, you know, don't don't judge me. There's never any judgment. (laughs) You know, that's why we're here. We've seen it all. Trust me. No one's space is any worse than anyone else's. Then I ask potential clients to send me photos of their space unless I need to go in and take measurements. In that case, then we'll make an appointment so I can come in and take measurements. And usually from the photos that I'm sent, I'm able to figure out how much time I think a space will take, how many assistants I think we'll need. And then I'm able to send a proposal and then we book the organizing hours from there.
0: When people contact you, are they typically looking to reorganize or organize just a portion of the house or do people come to you and say, my whole house needs to be organized
1: i see a little bit of both a lot of people just want to start with one space it tends to bleed into other spaces for example if we're doing playroom or or like a living room area that has toys in it a lot of homes are set up where that bleeds into the kitchen area or a mudroom area storage spaces in the basement they kind of you need to organize the whole basement sometimes Um, I just had a client recently that she gifted her husband a closet organization for his birthday, and then she had us back to do her closet because she was so excited about how his closet looked. So a lot of times people will have us back as repeat clients to do other spaces in their homes. How do you
0: guard against, let's say I ask you to reorganize a closet, and we identify stuff that doesn't belong in the closet, Mm -hmm. just relocating that mess into the basement or to the garage or someplace like that.
1: Yeah. So we definitely do that. When we're hired to do a specific space, we stick in that specific space. However, if there are things that inevitably need to be relocated because there always are, we do our best to do that in an organized way, uh, whether that be putting it in a bin and then labeling it within the new space or talking to the homeowner about how they can kind of tackle the additional space. And again, it, you know, getting organized one space bleeds into the next space, bleeds into the next space because you are rehoming things that don't belong. And so kind of once you see like, oh, my gosh, I put, you know, all these things in the garage now because they didn't belong in my kitchen. Now we have to do the garage. So kind of staying organized in multiple areas of the home. It happens. Yeah, it happens that your whole home kind of it, it goes. It all goes together.
0: Now, I know for myself, this is sometimes an issue, and I'm curious how you deal with it, that I've got something, I haven't used it for a year or more, Mm -hmm. but there's a part of me that says, well, you know, maybe this would come in handy at some point, or there's some emotional attachment to it, something like that. How do you deal with those types of issues?
1: Yeah, emotional attachment for sure. Uh, That's a huge one. A lot of what we do almost feels like psychology, the way we have to talk through things with our clients, um, which is really nice because we get to know them very, very well by the end of the process of cleaning something out. So one thing that we do recommend, and we use this a lot, is called a three-month bin. So if there are things that you are on the fence about getting rid of, and, and again, we're not here to make anyone get rid of all their stuff you know we don't come in and make you throw everything out because it's not our stuff and that's not our our place to do that we make recommendations and we can coach and we can guide and kind of tell you like you know yeah you really haven't used that in a year how many potato mashers do you need like i would say zero (laughs) but but Again, there's emotional attachments. You know, um, this was my grandmother's favorite mixing spoon or whatever it may be. So we use what's called a three-month bin. So any of the things in the space that we're organizing that you're on the fence about getting rid of, you don't want them in the space, but you're not ready to let go of them yet. We put them in a bin. We have our client set an alarm on their phone for three months from the date. When the alarm goes off on that three-month day, they check the bin. If they haven't needed it, used it, looked for it, thought about it, and no one in the house has asked them about it, it might be time to let it go. If they look in the bin and they're still having those same feelings about the objects with the items, keep them in the bin, set another alarm for three months, see how you feel. It, it, it's a process. And if there are things that, that you're really not, you don't wanna get rid of, then put them in storage, You know, put them in a sentimental bin and and put that in a, in a basement or an attic. We all have them. I have them, I have sentimental bins. <laughs>
0: I can be a little OCD about some things, and I'm curious: where's the line between being over organized and being properly organized? Like, for instance, labeling everything and and things like that is is can you be too organized?
1: I think so. I do think so. Again, also coming from someone who is super organized and also maybe a little OCD about certain things, you know, visual clutter makes me crazy. It sends me into a complete tailspin. I can't, for example, in the morning, I can't come down and make coffee and start lunches until the counters are clear from the night before. So if there were dishes that were drying, they have to be put away before I can start doing anything in the kitchen because visual clutter completely overwhelms me. Sounds familiar. Like (laughs) when when we do, let's say a pantry, for example, again, I ask a lot of questions about how the space is used whether children are using the space is a big thing and and how the kids will use it because kids don't like to put things away. So we do label things, but I wouldn't ever label something just like chips, for example. We would label it snacks because having the labels be too specific really does lock you into not being able to there's no wiggle room within the organizational system and we always want to put systems in place that will stand the test of time. We don't want you to live with a system for a month let's say and then realize it's way too rigid and that you can't keep it up. We always want to give our clients systems that they'll be able to keep up over time.
0: Talking about systems let me ask you a little bit about you've come you've helped me organize Mm -hmm. my house or just maybe a room but how do I prevent it from becoming the mess that it once was?
1: Yeah. So again, we put systems in place that, um, that we have tested, that we use over and over and over again. We try to use products, if we're bringing products in, that will s- stick in that space and really give the family a chance to grow into it. Habits. That is one thing that we always recommend. You have to look at your habits. I always say, put things away. Don't put them down. If you're putting something down, that's not where it goes. Countertops are not storage spaces. Floors are not storage spaces. Tables are not storage spaces. Chairs are for sitting. They're not for keeping your bags or your clothes. So you have to put things away. And if you get into the really good habits of, let's say, tidying up at the end of every day, having your kids tidy up their spaces at the end of every day so that you're starting the new day fresh and everything goes in its place, then you have a better chance of really keeping, those, keeping up with the systems that we put in place for you. But if you're finding that you can't, we do offer maintenance sessions. So if you're finding that the playroom is just, we can't keep up with it, we're way too busy, the kids don't put anything away or the kids are too little to put it away, um, or we have grandma coming in or a caregiver coming in, we can come back once a month or once a quarter and we do a reset and a refresh for you. And we also reevaluate the systems. And if they're really not working, we change them up for you. Because, you know, families change. People (laughs) grow, needs change, you know, new bikes in the garage or new sports that people are playing every season is different so things change but habits is is really the way to to stay organized and being mindful about what you're bringing in don't bring in any more new stuff <laughs>
0: <laughs> you talk about about kids and not talking about real little kids that really can't take care and don't know how to put things away but older kids and maybe even teenagers mm-hmm. who sometimes have a reputation for being pretty messy just taking off their clothes and throwing them on the floor and things yep. like that how do you deal with kids if say the parents have got it down there fairly organized how do they get the kids to be organized
1: so i am a mom of three I have a 13-year-old, a 12-year-old, and an almost 10-year-old. And the struggle is real. I mean, I look at my my one daughter's bedroom, and I'm like, I I mean, if people saw this, they would think I was a fraud, because (laughs) she she can't do it. (laughs) You know, I try, especially with her, I try as a mom to just gentle reminders. Of course, I lose my patience with her, and, and there's a lot of yelling, because things need to be put away. But, you know, just that getting them in the habits and getting them to understand that their things, the way they keep their space is a reflection of themselves and, and you know, having respect for their things. If you're leaving your things all over the floor or there's trash in your room, that's not very respectful towards yourself or your space. So kind of I'm trying to instill that in my own kids um, and just getting them in the habits of picking up their clothes. If I go in, I just say, you know, can you can you please pick that up? Can you please pick up your stuff? the struggle is real. I don't have a great answer for that. I'm sorry, (laughs) because I am currently living it. Um, But just trying to keep up with the habits and trying to keep reminding them at the end of every day, you know, every morning, you got to make your bed. I'm sorry. It's just, it's part of the day. You brush your teeth, make your bed. You can't leave the house until those two things are done. Um, So we have expectations. I've always had expectations with my kids and they're okay.
0: Well, I know you mentioned you are the oldest. I'm also okay. the oldest in my family. Okay. Not that you're a psychologist, but do you find that the oldest child tends to be more organized than the
1: younger ones? I mean, I think birth order traits is a, I really think that's a real thing, especially having been a teacher and and knowing a lot of kids over the 10 years that I was teaching. I really do think that birth order traits are real. And yeah, I think if you look at my three siblings and I, the four of us, it's a little bit of a trickle down as far as growth. Like when we, now we're all functioning adults, but when we were growing up, yeah, my youngest brother was the youngest kid and he was the youngest of four. You know, my youngest daughter, same thing. She's the youngest, she's a little bit of the baby, but again, but then my son is the oldest and maybe cause he's a boy, he's a little clueless. I love him, but he's a little, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I think gender and birth order maybe, and personality and, my dad is super organized, so I think there's a genetic factor to it, too. I think all of that plays into it. Yeah. Maybe maybe we should do a study. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned that you were a teacher. Yeah. Let
0: me ask for parents or teachers who might be listening to this. What are some tips to keep students organized? Because you've got some parts that are organized. You know, you have to be in a certain class at a certain time. But... Mm-hmm. There is also a lot of free time. You know, the, the, the tendency to wait until the last minute to do homework or an assignment, things like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely think calendars are helpful, even for little ones. You can do a picture calendar. You can put a star on a calendar when a certain thing has to happen. Um, you can do like the countdown days for certain things if you need little ones to be um, on top of their time management. Um, When my kids were really little, I used pictures for chores and things. So they knew that they had to do certain chores that they could see the picture and they would move it from one side of the chore chart to the other side when it was completed. So having visuals for little ones. Habits, again, it all comes down to habits. After school, when my kids were little, and even now they still do it, take everything on your backpack as soon as you come in, take out your lunchbox, put that away, take out your folder, let's look at your agenda, let's see what the homework situation is. You know, a lot of things for the older kids now are online. So we're constantly looking at their Chromebooks together, you know, looking at Google Classroom and checking in with PowerSchool to see what their assignments are. Um, My two middle schoolers have more of the long-term assignments now. So they really are using their calendars a lot to stay on top of assignments.
0: One of the things that I've become aware of in recent years is something called gamification, where we kind of make games for ourselves to just even if it's a mental reward for, okay, I've done this or I'm keeping a streak or things like that. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with that at all for adults in terms of how gamification can be used to help them follow some of these habits that you suggest?
1: Yeah, you know, I've never heard the word gamification, um, but I totally understand what you're saying. I know exactly what you mean because I do it for myself, um, especially after COVID. My workout routine changed drastically after COVID and then my kids not being in preschool anymore and then starting my own business, I wasn't in that good habit anymore. So I would take a calendar, a blank calendar and print it out at the beginning of each month. And then if I worked out or did, you know, something every day, I would color in the calendar. Um, Yeah. So those types of strategies for sure can be helpful with kids and with adults and, and little rewards, you know, oh, if at the end of the month i call it in at least five days a week for my workout i get i treat myself to a new pair of leggings or something like that
0: we talked a little bit about this but i would like to go in a little bit deeper you know a lot of what we're talking about with organizing are physical things but there's also the time management does that figure into what you help people with
1: We can try, um, you know, we're really there to organize the space and we can talk through things like habits, like we talked about before. Um, We can make suggestions as far as keeping up with the habits and the routines of cleaning things up at the end of the night, putting things, you know, back where they belong so that you start each day fresh. That way it doesn't get too overwhelming and you're not back to square one with piles of things all over the place. I set a lot of alarms for myself started in preschool, when I had to remember to pick up my kids, I would set an alarm for 30 minutes before I knew I had to be in school. So I would end the task that I was working on and I knew I had to get in the car and go. So setting alarms for yourself can be very helpful. And if you're trying to complete a task, a 10 minute or a 20 minute timer, just to clean out that one drawer, or um, today I'm gonna go through all the kids shoes. I'm gonna take one hour. I'm gonna go through all their shoes, any shoes that don't fit, I'm gonna take to donation and i'm going to make sure that i actually take it to donation i'm not throwing the bag in my trunk throwing the bag on my front seat of my car so that i drive around with it i have to get rid of it those kinds of things yeah i think setting timers is a a great help
0: would one of your recommendations be handle something while you've got it so for instance if i go out to the mailbox and i bring in the mail rather than putting it down and say i'll take a look at it later take care of it right now put the junk in recycling if there's bills to pay either pay them or put them in some sort of file, whatever it might
1: be. Yep. Absolutely. Especially with mail. Um, I had a client ask me, well, what do we do with all these Amazon boxes? And I said, you have to, you have to throw them out. Like mm-hmm. This is not being organized. This is just, yeah, going through this, the everyday tasks that do take a few minutes of your day and they can be annoying, but yes, you have to go through the mail every day, right away, get rid of the junk mail, file the bills or what have you. And also, Take 10 minutes and and sign up for paperless for everything. Everything's online. You don't need to have the bills coming to your house anymore. You don't necessarily need to save bank statements anymore, I don't believe, because you can get them online anytime you need them. I really think as far as paperwork, really our taxes are the only things that we need to keep hard copies of.
0: Like anything, there are going to be times where your best laid plans fail. How do you come back from the discouragement of something becomes a little bit of a mess again? And get back on track without saying, "I can't do this. I give up."
1: Well, you can call us, and we'll do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> if it really is that overwhelming, we'll do it for you, and we usually do it in four hours. So that's <laughs> it's one one day. Uh, as things get more and more piled up, really carve out the time. Enlist your family's help because most likely it's not just one person's things. If there's multiple people in the house, it's everybody's things. Try not to get frustrated with them. Ask for their help and say, listen, guys, we have no sports this afternoon or whatever it is. Can we all please just look at this pile? Everybody take what belongs to you. Take it to your room or wherever it goes and let's get it put away. Enlist some help Um, and carve out the time. Look at your schedule. Say, is there an hour where I can tackle this one space, one thing, one pile, one drawer, one whatever it may be, and just get that one thing done.
0: Well, certainly anybody that would like to learn more, we have a link in the show notes to This Organized Chaos so they can find out more and contact you. I want to thank Trish Johnson. She has been our guest on this episode of Cranford Radio, and we're talking, and she is the owner of This Organized Chaos. Trish, thanks so much for being my guest here on Cranford Radio.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Bernie. It was great.